Welcome back to Feminist Book Club, the podcast. We're not just about feminist books. We are here for social justice, literature, and media in all its forms. But we do that through an intersectional feminist lens. Thanks for being here. Let's get started. Renee Powers here, and this is our final episode of the year. We will be taking a short break over the holidays to rest and recharge our batteries. You won't hear from us again until January 10th. Thanks for sticking with us. Today, I have asked our contributors to share some of their favorite books of 2022. These are always my favorite podcasts to listen to, so I hope you find them useful. (laughs) Useful for your TBRs, or if you're like me, those TBRs are just weeping. There were no parameters for sharing books in this episode. Some contributors just shared a single title that they hadn't mentioned on the podcast before. Some gush over books they you already know that they love, like me. And some gave just a whole list. Some chose books only published this year. Some selected books that they read this year. As always, we will link it all in the show notes. It's just us talking about our favorite books. So we will start today with my favorites. I selected three that sat with me long after I finished them. There will likely be few surprises in this list. My first favorite of the year is Woman of Light by Kali Fajardo Anstein. Let's put it this way. I loved this book so much that I have an ebook, an audiobook, and a signed hardcover of it. I love this book. I love the way Kali Fajardo Anstein writes. Her characters are always fully formed and beautifully flawed. Her settings, I think, are my favorite part of her writing. They are rich. They are vibrant without being like overly detailed. She strikes the perfect balance of plot and character development. It's difficult to execute well, and she does it darn near perfectly. Woman of Light is deeply feminist and honestly just a true joy to read from start to finish. My second pick is Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. I actually think Gabrielle Zevin wrote this just for me. She has no idea who I am, obviously, but it is pretty much my perfect book. (laughs) Like in grad school, I wrote a lot about the girls' gaming movement of the late 1990s. Yes, it was a thing. And our main character is kind of the embodiment of that movement. As a girl gamer, you know, in my tweens, I really identified with her. Her name is Sadie. But what I love most about this book is this platonic love story between Sadie and Sam. It is so beautifully rendered and absolutely refreshing. And I think I think that's really what makes a book stand out to me. It feels really fresh. It feels like something I haven't read before. And I think it's going to stick with me for a long time to come. So if my first two picks are literary fiction, then my final pick is literary horror. And I really do think this is literary horror. The Hacienda by Isabel Cañas takes everything I love about literary fiction and the horror genre and adds a feminist bent and a hot priest. (laughs) I never got into horror movies, but I've always had a soft spot for really good horror books. I think it's because I can put them down. And I blame my parents for always having Stephen King books in the household. The Hacienda features a haunted house, one of my favorite tropes in 1800s Mexico, and a main character that you just adore. You're just rooting for her from start to finish. Pair that with Isabel Cañas's brilliant prose and story crafting, and you've got just a five-star book. 10 out of 10. A couple of honorable mentions because it's my show and you can't tell me no. 
Babel by R.F. Kuang. Is there anything this woman cannot do? This magical system blew my mind in this book. It is so intricate and so interesting. The next one, Banned Bookshop of Maggie Banks by Shauna Robinson. I believe we covered this on the, pl- the blog. We are featuring it right now in our Lighthearted Reads bundle. I adore this book. It is the most joyful, most endearing book I read this year. People Person by Candice Carty-Williams. This is an unexpected favorite. She was the author of Queenie. I didn't love Queenie. I liked it, didn't love it, but I loved People Person. It is about a found family, but who actually happen to be family. They just don't realize it. It's fantastic. That's not a spoiler. And then to wrap up my honorable mentions, Our Missing Hearts by Celeste Ng. This is a not-so-distant future dystopia. It's going to make you feel all the feelings. Celeste Ng is an absolutely superb writer. Like, I can't think of any better superlatives. She's just superb. So those are my favorite books of 2022. And I'm excited to hear what the rest of our contributors have to say. Here you go. Hey, everyone. Neba from Notes by Neba here to tell you that The Golden Enclaves by Naomi Novik is the best book for the year 2022. This book actually came out pretty recently. And let me tell you all, I got it at my nearest bookstore, read it on my walk home, continued to read it as I walked up the stairs, and then literally just laid in bed for the next day and a half finishing it. It's the third book in her Scholomance trilogy. I'm not going to give you any spoilers, but all my goddess. When I tell you that my favorite author, Naomi Novik, has done it yet again. She is a queen, a goddess, a poet, an absolute freaking genius, and I am absolutely getting a cute little box set of the whole Scholomance series and rereading it in one single sitting because waiting for each book to come out has been fucking awful. These cliffhangers are not it. She does a much better job with her single standalone books, but I digress. Into the book. At first, it was a lot more in the main character's head, and I wasn't as into it because honestly, we've spent a lot of like the last two books in her head. But of course, Naomi, the queen, the poet, the goddess, my favorite author, had it all planned out. The second half was a lot more plot-driven. It plays out much better than the first half. But you realize the way that she had set up having those characters and being really deep in those heads actually like kind of integrates into the entire book. No, the entire freaking series. Not only did she have this book planned out, but damn, you can really see how she's been setting this shit up since the first book. No, the first chapter. No, even like the first sentence of the first book. So that is by Naomi Novik's Golden Enclaves is the best book of the year 2022. It's magic, it's romance, it's relationships, it's looking for solutions when you feel like there aren't any solutions left. It's been such an incredible experience to see her grow as a writer and see all these characters grow and triumph and heartbreak together. There's a very interesting romance in this last one that, again, no spoilers, but please, I am begging you guys to read it. And then reach out to me on any platform at Notes by Neba, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, like whatever. And let me know your thoughts. I am so excited for her next books. And truly, just Naomi as an author, she can do anything. Hey, everyone. It's Jordy. My top books of 2022 consisted mostly of romances because that is my favorite genre. And as I was writing out the list of my top faves for this segment, I realized that I must have had a good reading year because almost half of the books that I read ended up on this list. So of the romance category, the reason why these ones are on the list is because the banter between the main characters was great. The spice was amazing. And there was a premises story that I just hadn't seen done before. The first one is All My Love from the Trenches by Riley Vore. If the Shoe Fits by Julie Murphy, Take a Hint Danny Brown by Talia Hibbert, Tweet Cube by Emma Lord, Love in the Time of Serial Killers by Alicia Thompson, 
The Bells of London series by Mimi Matthews, and Payback's a Witch by Laura Harper. In the thrillers cozy mystery category, I have Local Woman Missing by Mary Kubica. This one is a thriller in the more traditional sense where it keeps you up and it gives you the heebie-jeebies. My next one is Dial A for Aunties by Jesse Q. Sutanto. This one was a cozy mystery that also had a good love story, so it was the best of both worlds. And then Killers of a Certain Age by Deanna Rayborn. This one was awesome just because we got to follow a group of retired assassins and like the people that they used to work for put a hit out on them. So they had to survive their retirement party and figure out a way to get out of the situation. So it was just a lot of fun to read. And then in my fiction category, I don't read a lot of fiction, but these ones definitely made it. Wahala by Nikki May and Black Cake by Charmaine Wilkerson. If you haven't read any of these books before, I highly recommend. My name is Taylor Simon. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a contributor with the Feminist Book Club. This year has been all about romance for me, but one in particular that was my absolute favorite is You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty by Kweke Mezi. They're just a phenomenal author. I've read lots of books by them, and this was their first romance book, and it was very controversial for a lot of people. Uh, I like a lot of books that people really like or really hate. And I love this book. It's about Faye, who is an artist and a widow. And she is just out here trying to make decisions and make choices in her life that make her feel alive. And that includes starting a relationship that is pretty taboo. And... I love how the two of them kind of fall in love despite their grief and the life circumstances that they encounter. It's just a beautiful story about choosing to live and finding love and connection in life and how that's what really matters. Ezzy is just a phenomenal writer and everything they write is just so beautiful and thought-provoking and I love the angle that they went in this story when thinking about love and how sometimes you just fall into love and it comes when you least expect it. The greatest gift you can give this season is the gift of the bird. Flip'em the Bird is a clothing company bringing cleverness, wit, and a dash of curse words to people who need a good laugh. Flip'em the Bird is a small business in Minnesota that provides 14-day, no-shit, easy return policy, quality, earth-conscious products, and gives back through volunteer work and fundraising. After all, swearing is caring. For all your gift-giving needs, go right to flipemthebird.com, where Susie will get your bird flying in two to three days. When you don't have the words, your clothing should say it for you. Hi, it's Natalia, and... I'm coming in hot. Some of these won't be a surprise if you listen to Renee and mine's episode on our hyper niche book genres that we love. And some of them were a surprise to me, frankly. <laughs> so let's, you know, jump right in. Breathing Count Back from 10 by Natalia Sylvester. Yes, I interviewed her. Yes, that makes me biased. 
but it was also just a beautiful read, a great book, and something that I've recommended to everyone in my real life. Next is The Light Pirate by Lily Brooks Dalton. It just recently came out and it broke me in the best way. I don't know if it was because I was emotional. I don't know if it was just the timing of everything or my personal history with storms and stirs and whatnot, but it was so hopeful that it really made me think about resilience in a different way. Next would be Vagina Obscura, an Anatomical Voyage by Rachel E. Gross. It is about the vagina, but it's about a history of the vagina, right? Like what studies have been done, it's equal parts disappointing in the way that history and medical research works, but also incredibly fascinating on advancements that have been made and like research that's been done. 10 out of 10, I've never had such a good time reading about vaginas. And then my last good book is not a book that was published in 2022, but it's new to me. And it's called The Address Book, What Street Addresses Reveal About Identity, Race, Wealth, and Power by Deirdre Mask. And it is niche in the best way. I have never thought about addresses as much as I have while I read this book. And I would really often, much to my partner's chagrin, be like, oh my God, did you know this? What I liked about it the most was that it didn't just focus on the Western world. It went into, you know, the Middle East and and it, back in history and all the way. It's so good. And it had no right being that good. So those are my favorite books of 2022. I hope that I've given you something to add to your TBR. Have a good rest of the year. Greetings, friends. Mariquita Guerrera here, and I am coming off a big inner struggle over which book to highlight as my favorite book of 2022. This year was a great year for books. I wanted to pick one I haven't talked about yet, though, and that helped me narrow it down to Gabrielle Blair's new, timely, funny, and fact-filled little book, Ejaculate Responsibly, A Whole New Way to Think About Abortion. Oh, wow. This book is fantastic. At only 144 pages, it's the perfect size for a stocking stuffer, too. So just keep that in mind for your last-minute holiday shopping. I'd like to make a joke about stuffing stockings, but I'm taking the coward's way out and just alluding to it. Anyway, in Ejaculate Responsibly, Blair outlines why abortion is a men's issue. She does start the book with a note on language, explaining that her book is approaching these arguments from a cisgender and heterosexual perspective and giving her reasoning for not using more inclusive language. I know, and hopefully you know, that abortion and reproductive rights affect more than just cisgender women and people in heterosexual relationships. And Blair knows that too. But this book is specifically with that lens. If you are looking for a book that has a broader vocabulary to apply to the discussion of reproductive rights, this is not that. If you want something that coherently and cogently shows why we have been putting the onus incorrectly on cisgender women to prevent pregnancies and then punishing them for failing to do that, then snap this one up. Blair organizes the book into 27 arguments and one call to action. If you want to review the arguments in advance, they are on the final pages of the book. Each argument headlines an individual chapter, and each chapter ranges from between one and nine pages long. 
Some of the points she makes are a little irreverent, like when Blair reminds that ovulation is involuntary while ejaculation is not involuntary. Some of them speak against the puritanical way society likes to punish and shame women for having sex, as when Blair asserts that even the sluttiest slut in the world, having non-stop penetrative sex with multiple partners, could never, ever get pregnant unless one of the men ejaculates inside of her. And some of the arguments speak to the incredibly challenging nature of parenthood, which should never, ever be forced on someone, especially e-fucking specially, in a society which does not value parents, children, or the well-being and care of those families and children. That's not even touching on the permanent and real and sometimes deadly effects pregnancy has on a body, which Blair also goes over. Not only is this book easy to read, entertaining, informative, and quick to get through, it is beautiful in that really aesthetically pleasing retro way. If you want to put together a whole little gift for a repro rights loved one in your life, Workman, the publisher, has tote bags, pencils, and trucker hats too. They really went all out. I guess when you find a good designer and your book has a great hook, you'd be silly not. While Ejaculate Responsibly was not the book I'd choose for the most immersive plot, strong characters, or memorable prose, it's nailed the zeitgeist and could maybe, hopefully, help persuade people to change the way they discuss abortion to be more proactive and less reactive. It's really a great little gem. Let's all get copies of this book and scandalize our repressed family members. Best of luck, friends. I hope you get through this holiday season intact. Hi, my name is Ashley, and these are my favorite books of 2022. My first one is 40 Acres by Dwayne Alexander Smith. This book is about a Black man named Martin who is a lawyer, and he gets mixed in with a group of elite lawyers. And what turns into be glitter is not quite gold. This is a thriller. It leaves me on the edge of my seat. And it is pure theater. I highly recommend it, listening to it over audiobook. And one of the best characters of the book is Carter, who is the antagonist of the story. And Jordan Peele, if you're listening to this, you need to pick up this book for adaptation. My next book is Acme by Laura Chen. This is her memoir. I interviewed her for the podcast, and she was such a delight. The comedy is top-notch. It is about her being biracial, being a child of divorce, and living in Florida, which, no offense to Florida, that's a pure kind of hell. Anyway, this is someone sharing their experiences, their ups and downs, yet it is such a fascinating and reflective lesson. Well, read. And as I said, full of reflection. My next book is Book Lovers by Emily Henry. Emily Henry has become one of my immediate buy authors. I listened to people we meet on vacation, immediately devoured book lovers, and then listened to her first book all within three weeks of each other. I love that it's a dance between the characters, and it's not an enemies to lovers trope. And it's also set in a specific time during the summer and also small town. My next book is A Hundred Other Girls by Iman Hariri Kia. 
She shares a fresh perspective on New York City and the media landscape through her main character, Nora. And Iman is also a great follow on Instagram and TikTok, sharing her debut author experience, sharing her perspective as an Iranian author. I also interviewed Iman for the podcast. Like a House on Fire by Lauren McBrayer is another choice of mine. The story follows Merritt, who is a stay-at-home mother and considering returning to the workforce where she meets Jane, who is a revered architect. So Merritt is understanding returning to the workforce, but also being lured into this potential romance. This is an adult book. It's sexy, a bit spiritual, a little bit of manifestation, different things like that. But it's a very intriguing book and a great ending that was an opposite that, of what I wanted that kept me glued to the completion of the story. There's also The Agathas by Liz Lawson and Kathleen Glasgow. I interviewed them for the podcast. It is a complete homage to Agatha Christie, and it's a young adult novel. I'm a sucker for young adult novels. This follows Alice and trying to figure out who murdered her best friend slash enemy, Brooke. And it's set in a small coastal town in California. So we get that imagery and also that mystery and young adult life. And my last submission is Civil Rights Queen by Tamiko Brown-Nagan. Y'all thought that Forrest Gump was all through history? Nah. Constance Baker Motley was all through history. This is a rich historical biography of someone who we haven't really learned about. I think about Bayard Rustin, who, if you read his memoir that or his biography, that was also phenomenal. Civil Rights Queen is a ripe book, rich for storytelling and to learn about Constance Baker Motley and her place in the civil rights movement. Thank you all for listening and happy reading. This episode is brought to you by PubSite. PubSite is a website platform that allows every author, regardless of budget, to have a great looking professional website. Created by the book industry veterans at FSB Associates, PubSite is the new easy to use DIY website builder specifically developed for books and authors. Whether you're an author of one book or 50, PubSite allows you to build, design, and update your website pain-free. Build your website with a 14-day free trial, then pay just $19.99 a month, which includes hosting. PubSite is used by Tom Clancy, Robin Cook, Janet Daly, and hundreds more. Head to pub-site.com for more. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Feminist Book Club, the podcast. Want to be part of the club? Here's how you can join us. Obviously, subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating and review for brownie points. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and TikTok. All of those links are in the show notes. Sign up for our newsletter to be the first to know what our next monthly book pick is. And check out our award-winning monthly book subscription service. Oprah Magazine named it one of their favorite book boxes, and Shonda Rhimes called us one of her favorite subscription boxes in general. There are multiple membership levels for any budget, and it's an excellent way to support the show and the voices you heard today. See you in the club. well-read woman is a dangerous creature, creature.